All right, all right. Well, good morning, New Life Church. Good to see everybody. Let's grab a seat and get ready for today's word. Who's ready for the word of God? Ready for that? I am. I'm ready to deliver it to you today. Didn't the uh, worship team do spectacular today? I know it's not like about people, but God uses people. And Sydney Wise, good stuff today. Yeah, great voice. Appreciate you leading us in that. Well, listen, let me invite you to open up to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to be in primarily in chapter 14, but I'm going to read a couple of verses out of 12, 13, and then we'll be into 14. As you're getting there, I've got to share a, uh, a, a news bulletin that, that came across that uh, some of you might not be aware of. Um, but it, it, the title of it is, is Beware of Terrorist Groups in Your Church. And if you're packing, don't pull anything out, okay? The latest news reports are that five terrorist cell groups have been operating in many of our churches. They have been identified as been sleeping, been arguing, been fighting, been complaining, and been missing. So now you can take a deep breath, Karen. She's like looking at me like, holy crud. <laughs> Their leader, Lucifer Ben Workin, trained these groups to destroy local churches. Their plan is to come into the church disguised as Christians and to work within the church to discourage, disrupt, and destroy. However, there's been a reports of a sixth group, a tiny cell known by the name of Ben Prayin. Been Praying is actually the only effective counterterrorism force in the church. Unlike the terrorist cells, the Been Praying team does not blend in with whoever and whatever comes along. Been Praying does whatever is needed to uplift and encourage the body of Christ. We have noticed that the Been Praying cell group has different characteristics than the others. They have been watching, been waiting, been fasting, and been longing for their master. No church is exempt. However, you can spot them if you've been looking and you've been going. I didn't want to alarm anybody, but I, that was too hard to not to resist from, from sharing with you today. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. If, uh, if you don't have anything physically to look at, you can follow us along on the screen. I'm going to look at a few verses scattered throughout verse 1 of chapter 12 Paul writes he says now dear brothers and sisters say that's me regarding your question about the special abilities or the gifts the Spirit gives us he says I don't want you to misunderstand this verse 7 a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other verse 31 so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Chapter 13, verse 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Chapter 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you want to speak and say to us today. We want to be the kind of people, the kind of followers of Christ that doesn't just hear what you say and then goes off and does our own thing. We want to be the kind of hearers that hear what you say and actually do what you call us to do. So today, we give you our attention, our undivided, our undivided attention to hear what your Spirit is saying to us today. Teach us, teach our lives, teach our hearts, teach our minds, train us, equip us in the ways of righteousness. 
so that these next six days we don't live defeated but we live as more than conquerors in Christ Jesus we thank you now Holy Spirit for being here for shining your light on your word to help us to know the Father more and to be closer to the Son and to be filled with your spirit in Jesus name and everybody can say amen that means you just agree with that awesome as you guys know if you've been here the last few weeks we've been talking about gifts primarily these last two weeks we've been talking about spiritual gifts there's three types of gifts in the Bible in the New Testament there's what's called as ministry gifts which is found in Ephesians 4 then there's something called motivational gifts which is found in Romans chapter 12 those are the kind of gifts that you're born with God the Father just says here is how I'm making you and this is what I'm putting in you it's what motivates you towards your calling and if you have not done so and you're unaware of of this we have a survey that uh, that we have for you that if you've not taken it's called a gift survey it's available at the connect and guest table at the back before you leave you can grab one of those and it just helps open your eyes and your awareness to the motivational gifts that God has put inside of you to help you pursue and walk in your calling your purpose and your destiny then there's also what's called the manifestation gifts or spiritual gifts that Paul talks about right here in 1st Corinthians 12 and he expounds more into 13 and 14 and so we're just going through these and talking about these these manifestation gifts or these spiritual gifts are, are what the Holy Spirit gives for special reasons they're special gifts for special reasons and we're gonna look at these nine again I'm gonna they're gonna uh, be displayed on the screen here in just a few minutes but um, so I want to draw your attention to those here in a second but before that I want to preface this by saying like I have these last two or three weeks and that is this is about your purpose Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 it's on the screen it says everything there is a season to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven for God has also planted in our hearts a divinely implanted sense of purpose so God has created us and uh, causes us to live on purpose and with a purpose ultimately that purpose is to be in fellowship with God and to be faithful in what God calls us to do with our life to be in fellowship and to be faithful now I believe that fulfilling our purpose and walking in our calling is directly linked to the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has for us it has to do with the motivational gifts outlined in Romans 12 but then there are there there's gonna come times in our life times in our day and times in our week where there are gonna be things that we face that we that we cannot deal with out of our own inclination and out of our own ability it's gonna require a higher power and that is the power of the Holy Spirit and these these gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us helps us they help us to to serve God they help us to know God they help us to stay close to God because oftentimes our hearts are prone to wander and get off track but the Holy Spirit has his way of bringing us around and getting our attention and he does so when he uses people he, he works behind the scenes and he works out on the forefront of the scenes and he works with these gifts these different gifts they're there to help people ultimately these gifts are to help us help other people to love God and to live for God and, re and it's reciprocated you following me alright so look at this on the screen it says I don't want me I don't want the people in our church the people I pastor to miss their moment their purpose I don't therefore I desire that everyone in our church operate in the special gifts of the Holy Spirit and so but to better understand what this is all about we have to look at this in context anything you look at in the Bible when you read the Bible you've got to look at it in context okay if you don't then you're like you're gonna have some theology that bad theology basically leads to bad living unhealthy theology leads to unhealthy living because theology is our approach to knowing God it's about it's about the study of God and his word and you don't have to have a degree to do that okay Martin Luther way back took care of that a long time ago called the Reformation and he, he made it clear that we don't have to go through a person other than Christ to know him 
all right, to know God. And so we have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit to shine light on it and to give revelation, illumination, understanding, and all those things. And so it's important and that we look at this, te- this text, especially in context with Romans, tw- uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, because of the disarray of, of, of approach and philosoph- uh, philosophy towards this type of topic over the last 75 years Christians have gotten a bad rap, particularly charismatic Pentecostal believers who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit have gotten a bad rap because of our practices over the years. Not all practices have been bad, but not all practices have been that good either. I I just believe that there is a healthy approach to walking in the things of God. That I don't feel like we have to be unbalanced in our, in our relationship with God. Just like a regular relationship with somebody, you find a balance. You find the ebbs and flows of how it works. And that's how God wants, because more than anything, God wants us to know Him. He doesn't want us to be turned off or confused by Him. He wants us to know Him. And so the Holy Spirit goes to great lengths to help make sure that happens. Okay, And he uses these different gifts. Now last week, we, we were in chapter 14, and we're going to be in chapter 14 again to finish this up. But chapter 14, I've broken up into three, kind of three branches. Uh, and these are desire, understanding, and edification. Desire, understanding, and edification. We looked at desire last week, which is based on verse 1 of chapter 14, where Paul writes and he says, hey, desire love. And that word for love is agape, and that's a deep affectionate for other people outside of just feeling alone, but leads to action as well. It's a deep, deep, deep feeling. And that kind of love is only possible by the by Christ living in us. That's the only way that kind of love can be possible. That's what drives out hate. Amen? That kind of love drives out racism. Amen? That kind of love drives out um, all types of, of our sin nature that just despises things. And that kind of love changes and revolutionizes our heart and our, and, our, and our life. And it'll change this world. God is love. And Paul says, hey, desire love, but also desire these special gifts, the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives. Now, what are those? Let's look at these on the screen. They're found in uh, chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. I'm just going to run through them. There's nine of them. Word of wisdom, he says, the Holy Spirit gives the word of wisdom for the ability to speak forth the wisdom of God, especially in a situation. The word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit will give, can give you this gift of the word of knowledge, the ability to declare knowledge that could only be revealed supernaturally. Now, while earlier in our worship service, um, by the way, none of this is premeditated or fabricated by a person when things of the Spirit take place, all right? And, and so earlier in our worship service, we called you forth for prayer, for healing. I felt like the gift of healing was here to be poured out upon those who needed that. And then there was the word of knowledge, those who had diabetes. And then I, after that time... Happen. I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying that he wants to heal people here today that deal with emotional and mental imbalances. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything. I'm just going to tell you that because I want your faith to be built that the Holy Spirit is saying that's what's called a word of knowledge. And, and so I want you to take that to heart. If that's you, then I want you to just wrap your, your, your hands around that, your faith around that right now, and begin to believe that God wants to do that in your life. Amen? So I want, I want to drop that on you, let you know that. Then there's another one. It's called the, spirit, uh, the gift of great faith, the ability to trust God in dire moments, no matter what, in all circumstances. You might need faith to believe the word of knowledge that just came out. Gifts of healings happened earlier. Ability to heal the sick by laying on of hands, anointing with oil, or by word alone, by praying. Ability to give that and to receive that. Then there's the gift of performing miracles. The ability to raise the dead, to restore sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, and to override the laws of nature. Now, those are some powerful gifts. And I believe it's time for the church to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, in a way that will demonstrate the love and desire of Jesus Christ for people. 
that it be done in a way that is not crazy, that is not weird, but is the kind of, of, of demonstration that draws people's attention not to a person, but draws people's attention to Christ Jesus. Because God the Father wants more than anything to, for people to know Him, people to love Him, and people to live for Him. And the Holy Spirit has a great role in bringing about these gifts. The gift of prophecy, the, the ability to foretell the future in accordance with the Word, the ability to interpret divine will and purpose. Discerning of spirits. I believe the gift of prophecy here in a, at the end of our service, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do something with that. So just... Get ready for that. Discerning of spirits. The ability to distinguish between what is true and false doctrine. To, to uh, distinguish between what is of the Holy Spirit, what isn't. To discover the inward workings of the mind of a person. Several weeks ago, I gave other scripture examples of these. Tongues, the ability to communicate with God beyond the limits of knowledge and understanding. And then the interpretation of tongues, which is the ability to interpret the tongues into the known language of those listening. So those are the nine spiritual gifts, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about how God wants to use us with these different gifts. It's written in 1 Corinthians 12, the Holy Spirit determines and distributes these gifts to the people whom He desires, whom He wills to do so. But it's up to us right here, 1 Corinthians 1, 14, 1, to desire. We have to come together as a church to desire. Desire love first. That's why he spends the whole chapter of 13 talking about it. That's why that's so imperative. You can't go from 12 to 14 without going through 13. You can't go from getting understanding and knowledge of gifts and demonstration of gifts without walking in love. Love is the motivation, the inward motivation of the Holy Spirit, okay? Gifts are the outward manifestation. The, whole, the love is the inward motivation. And it says this, if I love people, then I'm going to love them enough to desire the Spirit of God to give me a gift to help somebody. And it's not just reserved for the corporate gathering of the church. Paul in 14 does kind of talk about that, revolves around that, but it's also about how we can live our life every single day. Because it would just be a shame to think God says the gifts are just for when you come together. Now, God equips us to be empowered to live our life 24-7, 365. That we can use these gifts at home. We can use these gifts at work, depending on how certain people think about that. But you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be crazy in order to use these gifts. You just need to love people. Love God, love people, and desire that the Holy Spirit would just use your life. Amen? So imagine what would happen every week. The church gathered together, and we desired love. And we desired these, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, a whole lot of what happened today would take place. I was amazed how many people came up who needed healing or knew someone who needed healing. I didn't, honestly, I didn't think it would be that many people. I was just kind of blown away. Wow, that many people. But I also felt like that that, that was part of it, what God wanted to do. And so imagine every time the church gathers together, we come together desiring love to walk in love towards one another, but we also desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Believer and unbeliever alike can be drawn closer to Jesus Christ, can, can take steps in forward progress in their purpose, in their destiny, and in the calling that God has for them. Amen? That, it, that God has a way of doing that. Now, we're going to look at the second and third part of this, of this, um, of this chapter. Uh, the second is understanding which is verses 2 through 25. Now, I've taken the liberty of, of putting a few of these verses scattered throughout this uh, verses 2 through 25 on the screen. Let's look at those. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, it says this. It says, But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Verse 5. I wish, Paul says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Verse 9, if you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. Verse 18 and 19, 
Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Verse 23. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, then they will think you are crazy. <laughs> so Paul's saying, look, in these, this section of, of his writing is this, don't make more of a big deal of one gift over the other ones. Because ultimately, all of these gifts, these nine gifts, are important. Apparently, what was happening, the Corinthian believers were making a bigger deal out of tongues than they were out of the other eight gifts. And so they were putting more emphasis on that than any other thing, and it was causing confusion. It was causing chaos. And as a result, nobody was drawing close to God. Nobody was getting saved. Nobody was coming to their purpose in the Lord because it was, there was too much confusion going on. And so Paul just says, look, listen, let's, it's not that hard to figure out here. And he lays it out. He says, basically, just don't make more of one gift than the other because all of them are important. And all of these gifts are needed at different times. He gives this example. He said, listen, I'd rather everybody prophesy because prophecy is greater than tongues because everybody can understand it, meaning it's spoken in the known language because of these three things in verse 3. Prophecy strengthens or edifies it encourages, and it comforts people. Now, I don't know about you, but I would dare say uh, that everyone who comes into church wants to be strengthened, wants to be encouraged, and wants to be comforted in some way. And there's no one better to do it than the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit needs a voice, needs a vessel, and that's people. And that's how, he, that's how God has chosen to do this thing. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for God to trust humans to do his work for him. But uh, the Bible's chock full of people who were imperfect, who were unqualified, and who didn't have their life all together. But there's, certain, there's one common thread that, that, that's woven through all of these lives, and that is they sure loved him. And they loved the people that they were with. That was happening every day when the church started in Acts 2. In Acts 2, this was going on. And people were getting saved left and right every day because they, they, the outsiders, the unbelievers, looked onto the inside of the church and they liked what they saw. Acts 2, 46, 47, somewhere in there. They liked what they saw. Now, I don't know about you, but I think we would like to be on that page where people in Jackson can look into our church and think, man, I sure like what I see. Not the music, not the, you know, the awesome framework of this building but the love they have in their hearts for each other. You see, that's why a building is really not that big of a deal. I like it. I appreciate it. I am grateful we get to meet here and not jam-packed in my living room. I'm grateful. So we must take advantage of this time together. Come design love and come design the spiritual gifts. Amen? And Paul says, listen, tongues are great, but here's the deal. They're only great if there's somebody there to interpret. Right? Because how else are they going to understand an unknown language unless there's someone there to actually interpret what was just said? They have their place. Paul says they certainly have their place. But he says, here's the deal. Tongues have a bigger part in a believer's private life more than they do in the church gathering itself. They're not obsolete. It's just not going to happen as often because it can get confusing. But he says that's why you need understanding. Love, desire love and the gifts, but also you need understanding about what this is all about. But then he says the last part of this section is this, is edification. He says this is where we need to get to. Edification is what we want to see. Edification is what we want to see happen. It's what we want to experience. That's where everybody who comes, believer and unbeliever alike, can be strengthened in God. Meaning the unbeliever can know that there is a God that his son Jesus died for them, and there's this thing called the Holy Spirit who can fill my life and, and turn my life upside right, where it's upside down, and the believers can become strengthened and encouraged and comforted because the Holy Spirit is actively involved in the life of the believer and in the church. So, so edification is where we want to get where we want to make it happen. So look at this, verse 26, it's on the screen. He says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize this thing, he said. 
Everything that is done in a church setting must be done to strengthen all of you or to edify. Look at verse 33. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. And then the last verse, verse 40. But be sure that everything that is done is done properly and in order. So what Paul is getting to is this. Whatever is done together as the church should be done properly and in order and ultimately to edify the people that are there. Because whether it's the singing, whether it's the praying, whether it's the preaching, whether it's the prophesying, whether it's any other spiritual gift that's on display and happening at that time, whatever is done, make sure that whatever is done, you have the power to make sure it's done to strengthen and edify the people that are there. Because, I mean, it would just flat out be awful if we come to church and we don't leave edified. Right? Why would we want to come if we're all going to leave with our heads down, feeling worse than we did when we came, and feeling like losers instead of overcomers, feeling like my sin is bigger than forgiveness, feeling like my problem is bigger than my God, feeling like my pain has no opportunity to be healed, feeling like my trouble has no time in God's hands to turn around. You see, that would just be pathetic to come to church and to leave worse than when you came. But if we're going to go through all the trouble of coming together, then my God, let's all be full of the love of God and let's be full of the Holy Spirit and let's do all that we can the way God wants to use us and he wants, us to, he wants to use us to help other people here today. So far, who's been encouraged? So far, who's been uplifted? So far, who's been strengthened? Yeah, that's the goal. God says when my people come together, they're going to be strengthened. They're going to be edified. And guess what? I'm going to use the imperfect ones to do that. But you got to come ready. You got to come wanting. You got to come desiring love. And you got to come wanting and desiring the Holy Spirit gifts. Because it won't just be the preacher, the pastor, it will be the people. You'll come together and see how the Holy Spirit will strengthen each and every. One of you, and Paul said, this is why love is so important. Because if love is our motivation, if love is our motivation, then we won't desire to do anything in our church gathering other than to make sure we're strengthening one another. It won't be about getting a spectacle. It won't be about getting the spotlight. It won't be about, look what I can do. It will be about, look what, the, look what God, the Holy Spirit, can do. See, that's why love must be our motivation. If I love you, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek the Holy Spirit to give me a gift to help you. And that's what we all are called to come together to do because it's the Holy Spirit who determines and distributes the gifts by His will. But we, Paul says, are called to desire love and the gifts. So, the Holy Spirit determines and distributes, we desire. Holy Spirit determines and distributes right? We are coming to desire. The Holy Spirit determines and distributes, right? All right. Who distributes and determines? The Holy Spirit determines and distributes. And what are we called to do? To desire. To desire love and what? Gifts. It's not wrong to have desire as long as desire is after the right thing. Desire love because the love of God is pure. It, it cancels out sin. It, it, removes, it removes selfishness. It takes away fear. The Holy Spirit moves on you and says, I want you to share this with the church. And you're like, ah, oh, I don't know that I can. I'm so scared. What am I going to do? God's love will empower you. And God's Spirit will help you. Or whatever. If God, the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go pray for so-and-so. Man, what are they going to think of me? I'm, I don't even know what to say. Let me just tell you this. Oftentimes, you're not going to know everything to say or pray up front other than you're going to get the nudge of the Holy Spirit just to go do it. And you'll be amazed that when you just trust God to actually step out and do it, how the Holy Spirit does His part and fills your mouth to actually do it. Amen?
It happens. That's how he works. But love is important because the Holy Spirit determines and distributes, we desire. And when the Holy Spirit determines and distributes as God's people desire love and the gifts, here's what happens. The church gets better and Jesus gets greater. The church gets better and Jesus gets greater. That's what I want to see, amen? Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to see the church of God get greater and better and Jesus become bigger and greater in our life and on this planet? Yeah, he does it through his people. And the Holy Spirit wants to work that way because here's the deal. Here's what all this is about. This is about your purpose. Look at this on the screen. This is about your purpose on earth. Our purpose is to be in fellowship with God and to be faithful to what God calls us to. It's about your purpose. You can't fulfill your purpose without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you won't truly enjoy life without the love of Jesus filling your heart. And you need the church to help you move forward. You need gifts, you need love, and you need each other. All of us working together. So this is about your purpose. God through the Holy Spirit, gives gifts. But he's really concerned about you fulfilling your purpose and about you helping somebody else fulfill theirs. In closing, I want to share a story. So we're going to prepare to come to the communion table. Now I'm going to tell you up front, we're not going to come to the communion table like we generally do, okay? It's gonna, it, I mean, we're going to obviously use your legs and walk up here, but... Or, it, or, or will up here, but the thing is, there's something the ho- special the Holy Spirit wants to do with us today. But the story is this, that in 2001, there were these four college graduate buddies. They graduated college, and they weren't quite sure what their next move was going to be in life. So they got together, and they said, hey, let's, let's buy an old RV. We'll paint it, and let's, take, let's hit the road. So that's what they did. They bought an RV, painted it green, and they hit the road. And they began traveling across the nation, coast to coast, interviewing people who were inspiring to them. And hundreds of, mile, uh, hundreds of interviews later and over 15,000 miles later, their show, Road Trip Nation, aired on PBS. Some of you might remember that. On one of their travels, they were in, in Montana, and they were on I-90, and they said, let's, let's exit here at this exit because we want to get a... We want to go take a good look at this picturesque Clark Fork River. Now, I Googled that, just at the image itself, and the images that popped up for Clark Fork River in Montana are just absolutely breathtaking, gorgeous. I can see why they would want to stop. But as they exited off, they noticed uh, an 18-wheeler was parked by the river, and there was the truck driver out there skipping stones. And they thought, well, that's strange. Usually an 18-wheeler is not going to be parked right by a river. It's going to be parked at a truck stop. So they got out, walked up, took their equipment, and started talking to him. And it's like, hey, what are you doing here? And he said, well, honestly, my wife, she just died yesterday. And he said, for 35 years, I've driven by this exit a million times. And I have never stopped. He said, today, I just felt like it was time for me to exit the freeway. In his face was part regret and part enlightenment. When was the last time you exited the freeway? When was the last time you just decided to skip some stones? See, he was remembering that day. He was remembering. The word remember appears no less than 148 times in the Bible. And one of the most famous ones is found in the words of Christ, which Paul, listen, which Paul happens to write in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians. Now, you would think God had order, huh? 12, 13, 14, gifts and love. But communion is one of the things that he hits on in chapter 11. Where Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with, the, with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Communion, it's about remembering. It's a renewal of our covenant relationship that believers have with God. And it also reminds us of our own commitment to God and God's commitment to us. The blood represented here as the juice, the body of Christ here represented at, in, in this bread. And so as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we do this to remember, to exit the freeway of life to stop so that we can ponder and we can reflect. One of the things that that does is it causes us to remember our depravity and how sinful we are, but it also causes us to remember how awesome Jesus is and that there's no sin in our life that he can't tackle, that he can't handle. There's no mistake you and I have ever made or will make that God through Christ Jesus can't forgive and give you the ability to overcome any obstacle and setback in your life. You see, when we come to the table to take the bread and partake of the juice, it causes us to remember the great sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. And then him lying low in a, in a grave, dead for three days, thinking, allowing hell to think it won, but God said, no, it's time. The third day, you're coming out. And then 40 days later, you're going to ascend into heaven and sit at my right hand where you will forever make intercession for the people. See, when we come to the table, the bread and the juice, it causes us to get off the freeway, to stop, to ponder, to remember the covenant relationship that we have with God, our commitment to him and his commitment back to us. You see, God has a purpose for your life. And there's some and many, not just here, but many in the world who try to live life without living it on the purpose of God. Because somehow, someway, we think we know better than Him. That's why sometimes life is a mystery. Life is like a puzzle needing to be solved. That's why relationships are complicated. And sometimes situations are overbearing. And that's why Jesus knew on that night that he was betrayed, the night of his darkest life. He said, you're going to need to come back to the table. And you're going to need to eat the bread, drink from the cup to remember because we often forget. We zip by the exit that we need to stop at. And we carry on with life thinking, I got this. I'm under control. I know what I need to do and I know where I need to be and I know with whom I need to be. And the whole time, every time we pass the exit, we're building up regret after regret after regret until it's too late. If we could have and we would have just stopped and exited the freeway to remember. You see, remember also causes us to be renewed in our faith. It causes us to be reminded of the promises of God that are in Christ Jesus. So today, here's what we're going to do. We've been talking about these gifts. You guys got just a couple more minutes? Not even 12 yet. 
I shouldn't have told you the time because then you're going to be like, what, 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 what time is it? We've been talking about these gifts, and one of the gifts is prophecy, the ability to interpret the divine will of God for our future. Now, I know in general, God wants us, he's called us to live as overcomers, more than conquerors. There's a word for that. There's one word that describes that in the Greek, that describes three English words, and that word is hupernikeo. 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 It's where the word Nike comes from. You see, you thought that guy was smart. He is. He's making billions of dollars, putting shoes on feet. But he, con- he got the word from Greek language connected with another one, Hooper Nikeo, which means hyper overcomer, more than conqueror, meaning there's more room in your life to where the devil can't take the victory from you because there's an overwhelming victory that's yours in Christ Jesus that puts a big fat W on the on the stand, on the scoreboard, that without a doubt you look at the score and you're like, oh, that's pretty close. No, there's no closeness to it when it comes to the Christians who belong to Jesus, people who are followers of Christ. God paints a picture and he makes a statement and a declaration that says, in my son, you are more than conquerors. You are overcomers in me. And so whatever you face, whatever you deal with, your fault or something else called sin and the devil and the world, he says, I've got it all covered in my son Jesus and by faith that is if you will eat and you will drink and you will remember the promises I have for you, then you can begin to prophesy them and declare them and speak them over your life. To remind yourself that you're not alone, that if God is for us, then who can be against us? That the same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is in you also. So today when you come and you're going to come take the bread and, and dip it in the cup. Then, I'm gonna, then here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take it, dip it. Just kind of find a place here around the front. It's pretty big up here. And I want you to take with the elements in your hand, and I want you to picture your future. And I want you to begin to speak to your future. I want you to prophesy to your life. The covenant you have with God, the covenant relationship you have with God, your commitment to Him, His commitment to you. Begin to prophesy to your life prophesy to your health declare to your body you're not going to be sick and overridden with disease and cancer and mental problems or whatever it might be but you're going to live as an overcomer you're going to take care of yourself but you're also going to walk in faith and believe that God has days ahead for you prophesy and speak to the life of your marriage speak to your spouse not like right here but speak to the future I don't want you like getting in a knockdown drag out up front. That just wouldn't be good. I want you just to agree, holding the elements in your hand, your covenant relationship with God, your commitment, His commitment to you, and begin to speak to the future. You know what, devil? You need to get your hands off my marriage because I'm not going to put up with this junk anymore. That we're no longer going to be divided and separated. We're no longer going to be not in agreement. But today we're coming into full agreement because you have made us one. And what God has put together, no man and no devil in hell can take it apart. Begin to speak life to your marriage. Begin to speak life and prophesy over your offspring, over your children. Begin to declare the glory and the purpose of God, the destiny of God for each and every one of them. If you have one, it's a little easier. If you have nine, like some, take you a little longer. But speak over them. Call them out by name. Call them out and declare. They will serve God. They will be a lover of Jesus. They will fulfill their purpose in the Lord. They won't grow up having to sow their wild oats and then come to their senses like the prodigal son. No, I declare that the works of the devil that have been activated towards them will be broken in the name of Jesus. Today, Prentice, Pastor Prentice, incurs we have authority. 
So today you take the bread and the cup, you take the elements in hand, and you're reminded as you remember the covenant relationship you have with God. And you begin to prophesy and speak out with your own mouth of what God wants to do in your life. Just begin to declare the greater things of God. Don't be tolerant of the enemy coming into your life and waging warfare and letting him have reign in your, hot, in your house. No, 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 you, you just kick that out. You take a stand. You see, when you just take a stand, when you just take a stand and you draw a line and you say it stops here, it stops today, don't settle for the enemy's tactics. You're a soldier in the army of God. You're a child of the living king. You belong to royalty. You belong to the one who holds your soul. You belong to the one who calls the shots. You belong to the one who fashioned and formed you in your mother's womb even before you were thought of. You are the one who God created and God has scripted a page and an outline for your life. And today begin to take it by faith and to say, God, what you want for me, what you have for me, I want to walk in that. I want to live in that. I want to be on purpose with you. I want to live in my purpose with you. I want my life, my children, my marriage, my family to no longer walk separated from what you have. But today is the day that victory is mine. And today is the day that I remember my covenant with God. Amen? So today, you have your orders. Heaven is on your side. The Holy Spirit is here. And I declare, let the gift of prophecy be loosed in every single one of you. Let the gift of prophecy, just lift your hands. Let the gift of prophecy just be loosed in every single one of you. It's not crazy and spooky to the natural mind. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you're starting to declare God's power and God's purposes and God's promises in a broken world. But that's exactly what we need to do today. So today I loose the gift of prophecy amongst the people today. In Jesus' name. So as, as you can come, come to the table, take the bread, dip it in the juice, and be reminded of your covenant with him and prophesy over your future.
bless your sound to carry this the heavy cross I'll wait in sin Let's sing this last part. We worship you. Who do you love? Who do you worship? You are our God. Come on, who is your God? You alone are good. Yes, he is. He is good. We love you, Lord. Come on, you love him. Let heaven hear it today. You are our God. 
come on, declare his goodness. Even in the midst of difficult, he's good. Yes, God, hear us today. grateful today who's thankful today come on if you're new to this thing you're like I don't really know what just happened if you're leaving here today standing here today about to leave and feeling uplifted feeling strengthened feeling encouraged and that's the Holy Spirit that's the way he wants us to be every time we come together. I have to be obedient and do this. If you can give me just another minute. Everyone who's a part of our praise and worship team, I need you to just come stand here on this, on these, this uh, first set of steps. And Jake, if you'll join them. Everyone who's a part of our praise and worship team, yeah, don't be shy. Don't be scared. Remember, what the Holy Spirit does is going to leave you going away, strengthened, encouraged, all that stuff. There's some other ones, yeah, they're coming. A few out today. Yeah, I know you'll be taller than them, but please stand on the stairs. <laughs> You're already taller than them, so it does, does it really matter? <laughs> I got you. You're the teacher. You're the teacher, and so it, like, yeah, it balances out. <laughs> Here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today, and I want the people to see you because it's going to be expressive every, every week, but I feel like there is a new anointing that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out on you. And it won't be out of your own skill level. It will not be out of your own ability, but it will be a supernatural thing, not just to empower you to do what you do, but it will also be done in a way that will gather you to display what the Bible describes as one voice, one mind, one purpose. And so today I believe the Holy Spirit just wants to assure you and reaffirm you today that take heart because where you're at is good and where God is taking you is even better. Amen. Amen. You receive that? You receive that? Come on, can we pray for them? They have a tremendous responsibility. I mean, huge responsibility. Let's, let's just join, you guys join hands and up here on stage. Let's extend our hands to these today. Father, thank you for these. Thank you for Jake and the team and all those who serve with him here in our church. Lord, I know they do a whole lot behind the scenes that we're not even aware of. Things happen that don't go right, and they have to re, readjust, and then other things take place. But today, I, I thank you, Father, that you have a plan, and you have a purpose, and that you want to pour out a fresh anointing, a fresh grace on their lives. Lord, and we just thank you for that. We just recognize that and say thank you that you want to do that in our church, that you don't want us just to have a band but you want, us to you want our church to have worship leaders who lead your people in your presence and down the path of righteousness. So I thank you today that it's not by our might, not by our power, but by your spirit that you do just this. Thank you. Have your way and continue to stir up our gifts in you, I pray. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys receive that? Praise God. Lindsay, come on and close us out with our benediction. Amen. I felt really strong the past couple of times I've done this to have you guys read it with me, say it, speak it over your life. Together, as, as Pastor Jeremy said, but prophesying over our own life, that you prophesy this blessing together with me today. The Lord is blessing me by constantly bringing good into my life. The Lord is keeping me so that the care and sacrificial love of Christ poured out on the cross is guarding all that is sacred and precious about me. The Lord is making his face to shine upon me and is gracious to me by having his glory always shine on my life. The Lord is lifting up his countenance upon me by always letting me know that he is fully present and is self-giving to me. The Lord is giving me peace, unthreatened and undisturbed peace. My soul is feeling its worth and the significance of Christ Jesus as I go today. In Jesus' name, God bless you all, and we will see you next Sunday.